I set out to run the entirety of Merthyr Tidville that night, a couple of nights later. And um, I went in Scott's Baraclava because I was so embarrassed because of my weight gain and that the fact I hadn't moved since PE circa 1996. Um, and the police stopped me and picked me up <laughs> because they thought I was pinching something. So I, you know, I don't know whether anyone else has run around Merthyr in a Baraclava, but it's not, it's frowned upon. Hello and welcome to the Running Tales podcast. I'm Craig Lewis and the voice that you just heard was that of Hannah Phillips, relating the moment she was stopped by the police while wearing a balaclava while out on her very first run. Since then, running has completely changed Hannah's life. After falling in love with the sport, she decided to run a marathon, a decision which prompted her to write a book about her experiences. And that book, No Run Intended, became a bestseller, propelling her to a job with Welsh Athletics, encouraging other people to run. Along the way, running has also helped Hannah to deal with the heartbreak of miscarriage, restoring her faith in her body's capabilities and in her mental strength. I started our conversation by asking Hannah to explain what prompted her to start running. A story I'd heard was both embarrassing and inspiring. Yeah, yeah, it's all true, unfortunately, as well. Um, I started running um, well over a decade ago now um, because I mistook my reflection for that of someone else's on a night out. So I've got three girls now um, and we don't say the word fat anymore. Um, but when I was an arrogant 20-odd something old, <laughs> not a very nice person, apparently, um, we were in a pub in Cardiff and I'd said to Scott, that fat girl's got my top on. And I would never say something like that. Like, normally I wouldn't say something like that. I don't know why I said it that night. By the time I realised said girl had the same jeans and highlights as me and that it was actually a mirror, I was quite distraught, partly because I was a horrible person, but mainly because I had put so much weight on. So we went home that night. I was really upset. And um, I decided I was going to run because I knew people in the local pub run and they still had this great social life. So I was like, this a, that's a no-brainer for me now I hadn't moved since PE like circa 1996 so this was you know a big challenge so I went out I set out to run the entirety of Merthyr Tidville that night a couple of nights later and um, I went in Scott's Baraclava because I was so embarrassed because of my weight gain and that the fact I hadn't moved since PE circa 1996 um, and the police stopped me and picked me up <laughs> because they thought I was pinching something. So I, you know, I don't know whether anyone else has run around Merthyr in a baraclava, but it's not, it's frowned upon. So, so, <laughs> so, so yeah, that was the start. <laughs> yeah, that was the start. And I got home and obviously I was really sweaty and I had to lie on the floor because I was just like, well, I was I was dead because I hadn't moved since 1996. And Scott was like, oh, you're going to, that's it, then you're not going to do that again here. And I was like, oh, you'd love that, wouldn't you? You'd love me not to go again. So that's how it started. It was more of a, one, a weight gain thing. Two, um, I just wanted to prove Scott wrong. So I carried on. <laughs> and and did, you, did you have any sort of enjoyment out of the act of running at that stage? Or was it purely that I'm just going to prove no. you wrong and... Yeah, it was it was basically I was gonna prove Scott wrong. Um and I, I'm a bit stubborn like that. Once I had the, the bit between my teeth, I was like, right, I've gotta I've gotta crack this somehow, whether I do it and I just like get I wanted it in my head, as long as I got three miles under my belt at some point, I would have been happy. But I signed up for Cardiff half straight away. I'd like done two sessions on my own. The first where I'd been picked up by the police and the second where I went again and I came home crying because I was like, this is horrible. 
Um, and then I signed up to Cardiff Half because I'd seen a girl that I went to school with had done it. And I was like, oh my God, if she done it, I'm I'm bound to be able to do it. Um, and that was that was the start, really. That was, you know, I and I always say to, to people now, like, I think you definitely need a goal, especially if you're not used to sport or not used to activity. If you've got that goal at the end, the habit becomes you know more integral to your life so like I had to think it was 10 or 12 weeks of training for that half marathon which was quite good considering I'd never run before and that was that was the start of it then after that I was like oh oh I'm gonna sign up for something else you know because I feel great and I've lost a little bit of weight and I'm always really vocal now about the fact that I started um for weight loss but I maintained for very very different reasons so yeah, and 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 was it was it during that training for that first half that you felt, yeah, I am losing a bit of weight here, so that's great. But also, I'm starting to enjoy running for, as you hinted, a, a load of other reasons. And yeah, was- yeah, the um the crossover was we so I did um we got married in the July, and I did Cardiff half in the October, and by the time I'd done Cardiff half, we would we'd started training for a baby. And um, it didn't go very well at all. Um, now it goes fine. It goes absolutely fine now. No problems whatsoever. But when we started, um, we had no problem getting pregnant. We just couldn't carry on with the pregnancy. We we had several miscarriages. And where my body was failing there, it was still succeeding running. I still felt like I was achieving things. And I still felt like I had an element of control. And I... I still credit running for getting me through some of the darkest times. You know, we were we were so desperate for a baby and, and it like it's completely out of your control and it's a horrible, horrible place to be. And I remember we'd had one miscarriage and I went for a run straight after. So they I had gone to hospital for that one and I'd run straight after and it was snowing. And I remember just like stopping in the snow and thinking, look what you're doing though. Like, you know, everything else is going wrong, but you can still do this. Your body, your body's okay. And I think I started to get kinder to myself because of running, you know, running has changed my life massively. And I'm, you know, a really big advocate for it, but it just, I credit it for saving my life. I credit it for, for getting me through things. And I, I just wish people could get past that discomfort bit to to you know to to realize that it opened so many doors so yeah because yeah. that first that first stage when you're when you're out doing those first three miles or whatever it can be pretty awful particularly if you've had like you were explaining a bit of a gap away from the sport and maybe not done that much else and yeah everything just hurts afterwards and you don't want to go yeah but I think you I was like fairly... a starfish on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I think you went fairly quickly from from half marathon to, to to deciding to take on the the dreaded marathon distance after that. Yeah, yeah. So again, still in the, the throes of trying for baby. So we managed to get pregnant and stay pregnant, and we had our first little girl um, in two thousand and fourteen, and she was absolutely perfect. And when she was one, I got pregnant accidentally. I say accidentally, we all know it's not, it's never quite accidental, but um, that's another podcast. We we got pregnant and I had really horrible miscarriage that time that I was hospitalised for. And I was in the hospital bed that night thinking, you've literally got everything you want at home and you've still got yourself in this mess. Like, what are you, this has got to stop. So that night, as my, my cervix had gone into shock and I had to be, you know, monitored and everything. And that night on my phone in Prince Charles Hospital in Merthyr, I applied to run the London Marathon for Bliss. 
Bliss is a neonatal charity that that sort of came under the umbrella of like, you know, they look after babies born too small, too soon and too sick. That used to be their tagline. So I was like, I'm going to run a marathon because if I run a marathon, we're going to be way too tired to have any sex. And I've committed to something massive so I won't get pregnant, hopefully for the the foreseeable. So that night I applied for Bliss and they asked me how I was going to raise the money because you have to raise an awful lot for charity. And um, I was like, I know, I'll write a book. I'll write a book so all my family and friends can buy this book and then they'll get to the end and they'll feel so sorry for me because of this journey they'll sponsor me anyway so not only would I have made some money from the book they're going to sponsor me at the end and I should be able to do two and a half grand with that because I'm sure my uncle Stephen will sponsor me a hundred pound you know so I wrote this little book and that changed everything again then um so no run intended was the book and it came out in 2016 I think now and it just went wild it went far beyond my family and friends and just completely changed the path for everything so after that I managed to get a job with Welsh Athletics at the uh, with the social running provision run Wales and I've been there well I've just finished now um but I've been there I was there for six years like making a massive mark on social running and and you know inclusivity with running in, in Wales so that little book just absolutely bypassed everything and then running became a job then um and that's where we we lost I got lost a little bit for a while but I seem to be back in the mindset of of getting back out there again now so yeah and just going back a little bit because obviously at that stage you you say you were you know you're running for the challenge you you sort of thought everything's great at home because we have this one baby now who we can you know who we can love and that's sort of tick that box is a really bad phrase but you know yeah but yeah Um, that's what it was it was like we had this perfect little girl and and I was still getting pregnant I was like what are you playing at so but but what I was going to say is in the end and I don't know whether this was because you were more relaxed uh, or it took your mind off it you you've obviously have gone on to have other children do you do you sort of put that down to running as well I I wouldn't I think obviously that what happened when the the miscarriage after we had our first little girl blossom um that was so bad because I was hospitalized and it wasn't just a procedure they were you know they were concerned my cervix had gone into shock and we I thought I was going to die in Abakanan weirdly um because I was I was losing so much blood and I think after that the pressure had gone we were I was like you can't keep doing this and then I was running and then and I think everything else sort of slotted into place so it might have been that I was more relaxed and that life was all right because when we got pregnant with our middle daughter now Kiki I was like I'm pregnant and we just couldn't get over that I was pregnant not that it was you know we knew how it had happened obviously again another podcast (laughs) but I was like I can't believe we're pregnant and we sort of said well they you know historically they don't work out so let's let's just see what happens um and it worked out and we had Kiki in 2020 and then in 2022 we had another one and it was like how and again same situation we were like how has this happened historically we can't keep a baby let's see what happens and now we've gone you know from a family of three to a family of five quite quickly which you know, if, if anybody watched that journey, which lots of people did, because I was really vocal about it in in the early days, like, it's unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And I think running obviously played a part because I was much healthier, I was much happier. And happier is the key with running. Like I said at the beginning, like started for weight loss, maintained it for everything else, you know. 
And, and that was a message I'm guessing that you spread out through through your work with with Welsh Athletics and um, with what you're doing now, because you've you've kind of moved into that. If I'm right, you've moved into that mental health sphere and helping people in, in that way, haven't you? Yeah, How- yes. So I um I got involved with a charity called Big Moose when. Um, I was working for Welsh Athletics because they have this massive, massive running community at events. They've got these white t-shirts with orange spots. And I was like, I need to meet these people because <laughs> they are, you know, they're grabbing these communities. Like, and that's my job. I was like, how are they doing this? How are they getting so many people to run for them? So I met them a couple of years ago. And in 2021, I got quite poorly to the point where I, I didn't really have anywhere to turn. You know, I was... And I remember I'd gone to the doctors. I was like, I am running. I'm trying to eat healthy. I'd given up alcohol completely. And I still felt really poorly. And I'd walked into Big Moose for a work meeting about Cardiff Half. And Jeff and Chloe were there. And Jeff said to me, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Because that's what we do. We pretend we're fine even when we don't feel very fine. And they offered me some free therapy because that's what they do. At the time, it was a really new provision and he was like, we've got, why don't you have some therapy? And I was like, no, no, you use it on someone who needs it. You know, and I had been on my knees just a couple of days before with Scott saying, I just can't carry on because I am so, I am done with this world. And, you know, it's an awful, awful place to be. And Jeff then um, marketed it very cleverly and was like, look, we've got this provision. I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Why don't you have some therapy and you can talk me through the sort of, the 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 provision like how it works and you can give me you know some ideas if it doesn't work and I was like oh brilliant and a couple of days later a guy called Graham rang me and I absolutely broke down and he gave me four only four hours of therapy I had with him but it absolutely changed everything and I credit that with saving my life and changing my life because like I said at the beginning running has saved my life a couple of times but it didn't massively change anything I got to a point where I was like, I can't do any more running, you know, I'm running out of runs now. So I had this therapy, um, which really looked like it's a human givens approach is called and it really looked at my resources. And I think running came into therapy massively because Graham was like, look what you've done, look what you've achieved. And it was all running. I, like, I think when I die, when whoever gets up at my funeral, which I'd, I'd like a lady called Helen Frost to do if she ever listens to this, they're going to say, like, she ran marathons and she got a lot of people to help. You know, she got a lot of people out there. And I'm, you know, that's a lovely thought. That's, you know, not obviously me dying. I don't want to die. <laughs> um, But the fact that, you know, I got people out there was massive. And I just wanted to give back. So I've just done my diploma in um psychotherapy to give back for that reason so running's quite interesting because I think it you know we, we speak a lot about it helps people with their mental health it can be really good but I I've spoken to a few people who've who've had one or two things with their mental health and I have myself as well and I think running can it can almost become a bit of a crutch sometimes where it's like oh everything's a bit rubbish I'll go for a run now I feel better but you're never actually solving the the bit yeah bit rubbish because running's kind yeah. of keeping you afloat but it's not necessarily addressing the the cause yeah and I think you know very much like when I gave up alcohol like I'd been using alcohol as a crutch take that away and you're left with not you know not a lot to stand on so to speak and it's the same with running and like I, I've had it twice when I've been injured um I got hit by a car years ago and I had to stop running and I I just didn't 
know what to do with myself. I was like, I went and dyed my hair blonde a lot. I was like, right, I'm never going to run again because I just don't know who I am without it. And that's, that's not happening. You know, it was really, and I think it does replace things. And I think that's the, everything needs to be met in a balance, doesn't it? And yeah. I think if you put too much pressure on anything, it becomes too much. And I think that's what happens with running sometimes. I think people sort of change their lifestyle so radically, put everything into running. And again, you run out of paths sometimes and that's okay. You know, there are new paths, there are different paths, but you can't see that at the time. So I think it's it's really important to to sometimes. And I think like one of the things was when I first went to the doctors, when I felt really, really bad and I was running, and he was like, well, I just don't understand why you feel so terrible. Like, if you run in, I just don't get it. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, you know, and I think that's important that it doesn't always solve everything. Like, it will make everything better, but it doesn't necessarily solve the problem. So within this position now, I'm seeing you're doing quite a lot of exciting things, lots of lots of talks and up on stage with with people and doing all that sort of stuff. It must be pretty exciting to think about where, where running has taken you. Oh, massively and I keep having about turns like I I I don't want to go back to Welsh athletics not because I didn't love the job or because it wasn't for me but because I'd outgrown the job and I think I'd done all I can in that arena but I'm just massively like what we were doing some soul searching on the weekend of like what I'm gonna do because definitely be a psychotherapist and things but it's that will never be enough like running is sort of ingrained in me now and we've been I, me and Scott my husband I came up with a couple of, d- of ideas over the weekends and I was like it all comes back to running whatever happens it all comes back to running so it's it's going to be interesting the next couple of years I think and I just hope like I said like when they get up at my funeral they say she made a difference in that world you know so I suppose it's a fairly broad and basic question but but what is it that that you love so much about running I mean are you one of these people who likes to get out on their own and run for miles and sort out what's in your head while you're out? Or do you go out with a big group of people and love the social side of it or or the challenge of a of a race or all of them together? I think that's the beauty of it. I think at different times, I like different things. Mm. So I got injured in February. I fell over training for um, Newport Marathon and I tore my ligaments and a, an old Achilles injury flared up. And when we took running away that time, I just missed being on my own. I just missed that half hour out where I was by myself. I missed the physical challenge that, you know, you don't get through walking, you don't get through swimming. It's a very, very specific feeling you get after a run. And and that's the bit I'm missing at the moment. If you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said, oh, it's the social side. I absolutely love being with a club or a group or wherever I could get to run with. And I, I think it changes, you know, where you are in life. Like I'm very busy at the moment trying to work out what I'm doing. And again, it's the consistency of running that I'm relying on, you know, that I know once I go out that half hour, I might be hard, it might be horrible because I'm coming back after injury, but I feel fantastic tonight and then even better tomorrow. And then we go again. And I think the consistent, you know, the, the, it's a, a control thing, I suppose, because it's it's always there. It's reliable. Just going back, you mentioned the uh, the, the book, uh, No Run Intended. I think there's a second book now as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I followed it up after the marathon. So No Run Intended took us to half marathon 
And then Run Intended took us over after I'd done London, because obviously that came out for the sponsorship for London. And then that one then came out after. So that that was quite cute as well, I suppose. But I'm writing one at the moment, but it's, it's a slow process about how I use the exact same tools to start running as I did to stop drinking. And it's mad how parallel the journeys are, you know, mad. And I hadn't seen it until a couple of weeks ago because I, I'd had this idea about about like how my mindset was similar. But when you put the two journeys together, I've literally copy and pasted what I did, but opposite to what I, I did to start running, which is, is funny, really funny. And is that, is that just the strength of using the strength of your own mind, that stubbornness, just saying, once I've made this decision, I'm going to, I'm going to follow it through. I'm going to, I'm going to keep on running or I'm I'm not going to go back down the pub again or whatever. Yeah, I think so. And I think I see willpower very much like training a muscle now, because as and I've learned this in, in my diploma. So like human beings are really terrible at, at willpower. We need the emotion to anchor in and, you know, like at first I was like, oh, I've stopped drinking because of my kids. And yeah, it's been a massive, massive reason. But it's not the sole reason because I think even when I was drunk, I'm still an all right ma'am, you know? Like I didn't do anything that was going to harm them or, or, you know, they always came first. I just really liked alcohol as well. Um, And it wasn't enough. And I think when I like broke it down and broke it down and broke it down, I was like... I just want a better life for us. And the only way we're going to get a better life if I start, you know, working properly, as in if I start getting up, I'm not hangover, you know, I'm not sort of like geared to, to go into the pub and things like that, because I was always concerned about my next wine because I absolutely love alcohol, like I said. And I just think that you need to anchor in and you need to strengthen it. And I, I just kept thinking that. I was like, I've strengthened my legs and I've strengthened my head before. Now we strengthen my hand coming away from that wine glass. And it was, it's really fascinating. So it's exciting. Yeah. Do you find that same sort of strength helps you when you're in like the latter stage of races? Like you've mentioned you've done, well, at least one marathon. I don't know if you've done any more, but you get, everyone gets to that 18, 20 mile point and unless you're elite or... One of those annoying people who can just fly yeah. through. Normally, all starts to struggle and break down. It, it, you have the same stubbornness at, at, when you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's always I've done two marathons now. Um, I think three unofficial. Um, but two I did Snowdon and I was really poorly. Um, I got up to do it and my tongue had swollen and my throat was bad and. I was lucky enough to find a guy called James Thomas that I know from my stake and he helped me round. But we got to after the half marathon and I was like, you've got this. This is fine. Even if you die at the end, this is fine. You've got it. And I think, yeah, I, I'm really quite lucky in that way that once I, my mind is set on something. My dad always said that if Hannah had to move a mountain and she only had a teaspoon, she'd have a go and she'd, she'd get it done sort of thing. So I think my determination is one of my better skills. And in terms of your running as well, do you do you get involved with things like like part run or or group runs and and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I've got a little group. Um, I do a walk to run every couple of months. We're really lucky in Merthyr that we've got um a community track now. So every eight or ten weeks, I get um I take a new cohort of walk to runners. Park run, I tend 
I'm, I would love to do more park runs, but the nine o'clock on a Saturday morning with three children um, is sort of like the holy grail. <laughs> so I don't do enough of them. I have done and I, I love them. And every time I do one, I'm like, you need to do this every week. And then next Saturday comes and there's some someone's got head lice or tonsillitis or has been up all night. Or, so I don't do as many as I, I can. But yes, the races I like more than anything. Um, a half marathon is my favourite distance of all time. I've got Cardiff in October and then Snowdon Marathon again in October. So I'm I'm gearing up for a summer of, of training now. So hopefully no injuries. Yeah, and a half's a night, it can be a nice distance because you, you can have a bit of a tilt at it without without dying halfway around. <laughs> I just love it and I love like um my friend said to me once so she ran with me and she was like if you didn't do so much talking on this half marathon you might be an half decent runner and I was like but I just love it I just see it as like a social thing I literally speak to anyone so she did Newport Marathon without me because I'd got injured and I was like think of all the friends you were gonna make and she was like <laughs> I know you Hannah I am absolutely know you and I will not speak to anyone and I was like you just got this running thing all wrong man got it wrong oh you sound like um my wife michelle is 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 sort of like that sometimes when she's off on races or runs whereas i'll be like tunnel vision not talking to anyone yeah, just no, i literally i love it and i think when the book came out round about that time and people in wales started to sort of not know me by any means i am no celebrity but a couple of people were like Hannah, and i was like oh my god it was like my all my dreams had come true <laughs> that people were talking back to me i was like this is amazing and, and and I guess like just to sum up really, what, what would you say to anybody who was perhaps back where you were, hopefully not being quite so horrible to the reflection in the pub, but but looking to try and change their lives in that way? How would you say get out and just get out and do it? I think just do it. I think find yourself a group. I think a walk to run group is phenomenal. Um, I'm a big fan of safety in numbers, and I mean that in the literal sense and in the the sort of for the motivation purposes of it I think find yourself a walk to run group you literally have no idea what doors will open for you when you start running and I don't necessarily mean about running I mean the friends you're going to make the paths you'll take the things you'll see I remember doing the great north run um we'd gone up I was really lucky enough to get a, a spot because the BBC had asked me to do a poem on running off the back of the book and we went up to Newcastle and I was just like who would have thought that it's taken us to these places? You know, who would have thought? And I've just seen and met so many phenomenal people and been so many places that I just think, I just don't understand why everybody doesn't do it. It's like my friend moved. She like completely uprooted and, and got a new job in Essex. So from Merthyr to Essex. And I was like, go and find a running group. Go and find a running group because that's how that's how you make friends as an adult as well. I think like if you if you don't want to go to the pub, go and find a running group, and it just just do it because it's a whole new world out there, and and it's an amazing world and it's a welcoming world, and that's the bit I will keep I'll keep banging that drum until I die because it's really important that people like me who felt like they had no place or no right to be in that community, have got more right than anyone else, you know. And, I, and it's a safe space. Like, there are more nice people than there are men or women, mainly men, um, shouting out a white vans at you when you're running. So, no, I've definitely seen it. I mean, Michelle has a running group. We've got lots of other running groups in North Hansi do the same. But 
we've we've seen people who start and they're creeping to the end of the road at the start bless them and and the the but the happiness on that they get when they complete that first 5k or they i remember a run we did last year where we set out to do i think five 5k but we were, we were just like oh it's going to be like six or seven it'll be a little bit longer and that was going to be the longest run that a couple of these ladies had done got to it it was turned out it was going to be closer to eight and actually they just turned around to us and said we're going to go for 10 we're going to do the 10 oh. and they were just so excited and such a sense of achievement at the end of it and it's sort of like everybody at the end was on a massive buzz on a huge high and yeah that's priceless as well, isn't it? I think like when you get to be part of someone's journey like that, it's such a privilege. It's and I never tire of it. So we've we're on week five of of an eight week walk to run, and come week eight when they've done that five k or they've run for thirty minutes, whichever they decide to, I'm like really overwhelmed each time. I'm like, you've done so well. Like, please keep going. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think it makes a huge difference. And and there's a lot of people, maybe they won't be listening to this because they probably wouldn't be listening to a running podcast, but they'll yeah. think, oh, running's just for for for, for Mo Farah or for uh, Usain Bolt or whoever's winning such and such a race. It's not really for me or it's for the people who go around part run in 16 minutes when actually I think sometimes those people who make the, the biggest achievement and it makes the biggest difference to uh, uh, are the people who's who, who are new to it yeah definitely and I like we so we're really proud or we were I I was very proud in Welsh athletics when we did all the national surveys and things and running is the biggest participation sport in Wales so it's bigger than rugby it's bigger than football and when you look at the diversity now of people on the streets running like it's beautiful like I didn't see runners when I was a kid in Ebervale growing up I didn't know one person run you know, and like I've watched, I'm in the car because I've got a mental household and I've watched three people since we've been on this call run past my street, you know, all different shapes and sizes, ages, sexes, races. And I mean, I haven't had that many in, in a terrorist street in Merthyr, but you know, you get my you get my point. No, it's fantastic, isn't it? And it really is, I think, something for something for everyone. So yeah, that's a, a lovely place to finish. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today on the Running oh, Tales. Thank podcast. you for having me. Thank you. Thanks again to Hannah the Runner, Hannah Phillips, for joining us today on the Running Tales podcast. If you enjoyed Hannah's story as much as I did, then please give us a positive review and rating wherever you listen. It really does help us to encourage other people to listen to the podcast and to hear fantastic stories like Hannah's. Remember, you can also find Running Tales on Substack, where we have written versions of these podcasts and lots of other stories from around the world of running. And all of our podcasts are also reproduced on our YouTube channel. So go and check that out as well. Have a great week, everyone. And I'll see you next week again on the Running Tales podcast.